Hey, welcome to a Stonewall's Perspective podcast. In this podcast, Alex gives his perspective on what is going on in the world. It is his mission to bring the light of the gospel into every aspect of life. We hope you enjoy. Yes, 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 and yes. Welcome back to another episode of a Stonewall's Perspective podcast. I'm your host, Alexander Stone. I'm on a mission to spread the light of the gospel into every aspect of life. And yes, I did say every, including the things that people do not like to talk about, such as politics. Today's show, we have another very special guest. He has been on my podcast a couple of times before, and so this is going to be his third time coming on my show. He ran for Senate in Oklahoma for James Lankford's spot in the United States Senate. However, he did not win, unfortunately. He is also the pastor of Sheridan Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Please welcome my good friend, Pastor Jackson Lawmeyer. How are you doing today, Pastor? Hey, Alex, it's good to be on with you and uh, love your promo code down there, uh, MyPillow. Make sure you go to MyPillow, support Mike Lindell, and also uh, support the Stonewall Perspective. Yes, sir. Thank you so much for that. Uh, Well, so before we get into what we're going to be talking about today, I just want to ask you a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you come from, uh, and how you got to be becoming the senior pastor of Sheridan Church in Tulsa. Yeah, it's been a journey. Uh, so I'm from the Tulsa, Oklahoma area, born and raised here, and uh, went to Old Roberts University. I did an undergraduate and a master's degree in theological and historical studies and launched into the ministry as a crusade director for Reinhard Bonnke, uh, the Ministry of uh, Christ for All Nations. And became the Oklahoma director for the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association and uh, Sir Franklin Graham for many years. Became the pastor of Sheridan Church, which was formerly Sheridan Christian Center, and I've uh, been pastoring Sheridan for the last five years and I've had time of my life doing. I love being a pastor. I did run for the U.S. Senate, and that was an interesting journey. I met so many great people. I met you on the journey for that. And uh, now leading pastors for Trump, gearing up for the 2024 presidential election. And so it's been good. It's been a good journey, not an easy journey, but it's been a good journey. That's exactly right. You know, I mean, I I, I guess I'll just mention this since I was at your church last week. Um, But, you know, you were talking about it's bad, but I'm glad like you can go through things uh, (laughs) that are difficult uh, and it doesn't look good on the outside, but you are good in the inside because of Jesus and and, and the hope that we have. Uh, Although you lost your your 2022 uh, bid for Senate, um, you were glad in that because of Jesus, because you knew that you were doing what God was calling you to. And so I just want to encourage everyone who's listening to this right now, if it is not going your way right now, you can be get, be glad because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Uh, and I just, that, that was a little soapbox that I wanted to remind everyone of. Uh, That's so good it's, though. It's, it's so good. The truth. It's exactly you right. Know, it, was, it was bad to lose. You know, mm-hmm. you give your heart and soul to something for 15 months. And when you're a competitor like I am, uh, now we recognize going into it, we were, uh, it was an uphill battle. You know, you're going against the machine, you're going against an incumbent, et cetera, et cetera. So we recognize those variables, but yeah, you're in it to win it. And anytime you lose, it's bad. Uh, but I can look back now and say, I'm so glad that I did it because uh, it grew me personally. Uh, we sparked a movement uh, in the Reawaken America tour, which was birthed out of the campaign. If I, if I don't run for the U.S. Senate, uh, there is no Reawaken America tour because it was through that process that we got to know General Flynn and so many of the other great people. So I can look back and say losing was bad, but I'm sure glad we did it. 
because uh, what an incredible journey we're still on. That's amazing. It's so, so cool to hear, you know, just the different things that have played into how the Reawaken America tour started uh, with you running for Senate. Not uh, and, and if you didn't, there wouldn't have been the connection with General Flynn or Roger Stone. And then if, you know, I, I, I interviewed uh, Clay Clark's wife, Vanessa, in Tennessee at the Reawaken America tour. And I was talking to her about how her son was born blind. If if her son either wasn't born blind or he wasn't healed, I don't know if Clay would have become a Christian. You know, right. it, it, there's so many things that that uh, that have gone into this whole thing, uh, and it's all from God. That God has been working behind the scenes to make this thing happen, and it's been so powerful, so beautiful. Now, I want to talk about this pastors for Trump thing because uh, I'm I'm surprised that this this movement didn't start uh, a long, long time ago. Uh, when when he uh, ran went for the for the first time, uh, but you you started this just recently, Pastors for Trump, a coalition of pastors who will support President Trump uh, when he is running for 2024. And I think that's exactly what we need right now is is for pastors, for spiritual leaders to stand in the gap and stand for people who, uh, especially President Trump, because we know uh, that he will stand for righteous values. One of the things that I've said previously on my podcast is the reason why we are where we are today is because we've elected unrighteous people. And when we have righteous people in office, people who will value the things of the Bible, then godly outcomes will occur. And I believe that that will will be what happens uh, if President Trump is nominated again. So my question to you, sir, is why are there a lot of pastors who are not supporting President Trump or are hesitant to support President Trump uh, for office? Yeah, isn't that an interesting question? One you shouldn't even have to ask, right? You shouldn't even have to ask me that question. But uh, to your point earlier, I'll answer your question. But the Bible tells us that whenever the wicked rule, uh, the people groan. That's in the book of Proverbs. Whenever the righteous rule, though, the people rejoice. Right now, Americans are groaning. Uh, $8 for a carton of eggs. I mean, that's that's crazy. $8 for a carton of eggs. Uh, you've got the Chinese flying a cheaply made balloon across the continental U.S. And we all watched it, you know, live time. It wasn't like something that was secret that we didn't know was happening. We watched it. So America is groaning right now. That's because America has very wicked leadership. Uh, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, these are wicked individuals. These are very wicked individuals. You know, Joe wants to paint himself as a good Catholic. He's no good Catholic. Uh, This is a guy advocating for abortion, and which is just counter- to everything that it means to be Catholic. Uh, the greatest supporters of the right to life movement are Catholics. Uh, they're the ones who really push that movement forward. So we have wicked people in high places of office, and so America's struggling. However, if you put righteous people in those positions, America will rejoice. So why is it then that some pastors, knowing what I just described, uh, when wicked people rule, people groan. When righteous people rule, uh, people rejoice. Why is it that pastors, knowing that, uh, would not support Donald Trump? And uh, to be honest with you, I think many of them are suffering from what we we'll call severe short-term memory loss. Uh, others, I think, are afraid or there is something far deeper and far more sinister than what I just described. Uh, we have to remember that no president in our lifetime has advanced the Christian cause or the Christian agenda as much as Donald Trump. 
Uh, Donald Trump moved the needle for our movement in this country. Donald Trump gave us the three Supreme Court justices that overturned Roe v. Wade, sending it back to the states. But you have to realize uh, we fought for this issue, but I don't think any of us actually thought it was ever going to happen. Uh, I know my messaging was I'm not going to rely on the federal government. Uh, We just need to take it into the hands of the states because I had no hope that it would be overturned in regards to the Supreme Court. Well, I was wrong, and I'll admit I was wrong. And the reason I was wrong is because Donald Trump appointed three Supreme Court justices that got the job done. So that's one thing we have to remember that. Secondly, Donald Trump struck the Abraham Accords. You have to remember that whenever Trump was running for office and Trump got elected for the first time, everyone said that World War III was on the horizon because of Donald Trump's erratic behavior, how he was uncontrollable, he was not diplomatic, et cetera, et cetera. So we were going to experience World War III. We actually experienced the opposite of that. Uh, There were no new wars under his administration. He struck the Abraham Accords. And then Donald Trump did something that we don't talk much about, but we should talk a whole lot about. Donald Trump moved the embassy in Israel from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. You say, well, what's the big deal about that? Well, two things. One, it signifies that the United States recognizes Jerusalem as the nation of Israel. Uh, And that's where debate is between the Palestinians and between the Israelis. And by putting the U.S. embassy in Jerusalem, that sends a message to the entire world. Uh, that we recognize Jerusalem as the capital city of Israel. Secondly, every single president from Clinton forward, Clinton, Bush, Obama, uh, promised that they were going to move the embassy from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. None of them did it. Uh, Donald Trump did what he said he was going to do. And that's the thing I respect about the president. Uh, we all recognize he's got a laundry list of uh, scandals, right? He, he lived at a time where his entire life was an open book before the public. And the thing I will credit President Trump, he's no hypocrite. Uh, He doesn't try to paint himself to be something that he is not. He is who he is. He's not a perfect man, but I do believe he's the perfect man for the situation that our nation is in. We need a fighter. And so uh, as pastors for Trump, we're 100 percent behind him. Why some prominent evangelical leaders are not, um, like I said, they would have to give an answer for that. I will tell you this much, so you can mark my words. The moment that Donald Trump is the nominee for the Republican Party, uh, they'll be on their hands and feet begging, begging to have access to the president. And so I just say you might as well get on the Trump train now because it's a battle between good and evil. Uh, Donald Trump represents good. Joe Biden represents evil. You get to pick a side. That's exactly right. You know, one of the things that I've I've seen, you know, in the past 20, 30, whatever, how many years uh, is that many people have made. Uh, many issues in today's country, in today's day and age, uh, a battle between, you know, Republican and Democrat. Uh, but but like you just said, it's a battle between good and evil, between, you know, the spiritual uh, wickedness and the spiritual goodness, the God yeah. versus Satan. And, and right now, I believe personally that you cannot vote Democrat and be a Christian because of the way that the Democrat agenda is uh is is going towards it's it's demonic it's evil it's disgusting however you know i was talking with a bunch of buddies of mine last night uh something that i think a lot of evangelicals are missing is is love uh in 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 the way that they approach things uh and i've i've been you know one of those people who is who's been very loud about my opinions uh because you know i just have that's that's who i am 
However, this year while I've been in college, I've just learned a lot about Jesus and who he is and his love for people uh, and his love for the world. Uh, and, and something that I've learned is that it's not hate or, or you know, wrath or God's, you know, hellfire that will lead people to repentance. It's his goodness and it's his love. And so, so my encouragement to anyone and everyone listening is that when you approach when you talk to someone who does not disagree with you, who's part of, you know, the LGBTQ, uh, you know, movement, who's in sin, don't judge them, rather love them. Show them the love of Jesus instead of uh, th- this, you know, right wing thing that we have going on where it's a bunch of hate. Because I, b- I believe, uh, t- to be frank, I believe that there is hate from both sides and both sides are just the worst. However, when we start to follow Jesus, that will change everything about everything about everything. Oh, absolutely. Jesus changes everything. And uh, you made a very good point. It's the goodness of God. Uh, A lot of times we forget that. What drew us to repentance? It was the goodness of God. And so, yeah, we we have to exemplify how good God is. Now, does that mean God uh, is not concerned about sin and et cetera? That's not what we're talking about. Jesus came with truth. Uh, but it was coupled with grace. And so many times that we will preach the truth, but we extend absolutely no grace. And uh, that's where we fall short because we love the truth, but sometimes we don't love grace toward We love grace for ourselves. You know, all of us, we love it when God extends grace to us. Uh, extending grace to other people, though, we're, we're not so good at. And so we have to become better at that. It's that whole thing of, um, before you really begin to go after the speck in somebody else's eye, uh, you got to first start dealing with the log in your own eye. And so as people who are on the right, politically speaking, we do have to be very, very cautious because just like on the far end of the left, it's filled with hatred. Uh, on the far end of the right, it's filled with hatred. Both are fueled uh, by hatred. And so as Christians, We've got to be cautious. Yes, love the truth, uh, but love grace as well, because all of us are in desperate need. Whether you're on the right, whether you're on the left, uh, we are all in desperate need of the grace and mercy of God and to walk in his goodness and to exemplify his goodness to other people. That does not mean that you have to compromise on the truth. Because people want to go to one extreme or the other. Uh, that's not what that is. It, it's being able to have grace and truth. And that's how Jesus operated. Now, we're supposed to operate like him. We will not be perfect in that. Uh, that's just the case. Sometimes we will veer towards grace or sometimes we'll veer towards truth and we'll get a little off balance. But the goal is to continue to come back to that perspective, grace and truth. That is so powerful. You know, I have my President Trump bobblehead with me uh, right now, and he approves of this message of grace and truth. And so do I. And so does uh, scripture, because that's what scripture says. Now, now I want to shift the conversation to some things that have been happening recently. uh, And just a, a few days ago, with the Grammys, you know, I didn't watch the thing, but I saw a bunch of uh, different, you know, tweets about it. Uh, and, and I probably will never watch it because I just don't like what I've seen from Twitter. Uh, but someone who was performing at the Grammys was doing a basically a demonic ritual uh, as his performance. And and it seems like that's happening more and more 
all the time. You know, uh, a, a rapper by the name of Lil Nas X, he, you know, he had a music video a couple of years ago where he was doing a lap dance on Satan. This is so out there and so clear. The, the devil's agenda, it's to attack, attack, attack in the media realm. Uh, and I think it's especially to influence children. I think that's not only the communist agenda, but it's the devil's agenda as well, so that he can get the children to be influenced by this. And, and, and it's working right now. Oh, yeah. Now, I'll say this. Uh, obviously, I didn't watch the Grammys, but you can't be on social media and not have watched the Grammys pretty much. I've seen the videos. I've seen the picture. You know, so it's like we've all watched. You can say you didn't watch the Grammys, but if you scroll through social media, you watch the Grammys. And so, um, you know, and that's really disheartening to see that, uh, you know, because, you know, worshiping the devil, that may have been something people did privately. Uh, they may have done that you know, in the closet. Now it's being broadcast on national television and being accepted and promoted and celebrated. However, that really shouldn't um, surprise us. It shouldn't be like this shocking thing that the world uh, is acting like the world. You know, I'm not saying we approve of it. I'm just saying that um, lost people acting like lost people should actually be expected. There's nothing new under the sun. Uh, This is something that's been taking place for a long, long time. They did not invent this. They obviously have modified it for more of a current audience. But what should be more concerning to us is not so much the world being the world, but the church not necessarily being the church. I expect the world to be the world. I expect them to do those things Uh, But I also expect the church to be the church. And when the church is not the church, uh, it's a very problematic thing for the world because the truth is not being proclaimed. The gospel is not being shared and lives are not being transformed. So, yes, uh, it's good to be outraged over what you see, but there should be more outrage about how churches uh, are not operating in the power of God. Because it's the power of God that transforms and changes the lives of people. So that's really where my focus would be is uh, let's get the church to be the church. I get it. The world is the world and it's sick and it's demonic and it's disheartening. Why would people do this? But the reason why people do that is they're lost. They're fallen. They're sinful. They're not born again. And that is where the church has to step up in this season and truly be the church. And so that's kind of, you know, it's a little different perspective than what you see on Twitter right now. Mm -hmm. Everything's about just how bad the Grammys was. And it was terrible. It's absolutely terrible. However, uh, the church has to be the church. That's exactly right. You know, I'm reminded of Matthew chapter five, verses 14 and 15. You are the light of the world. A city that is set in a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Uh, and, and that is the job of the church today. However, like you said, the church is not doing its job. We're, we're taking our light or, or the, the little light that we have left and we're shining it into more light. And that's not our job. Our job is to shine our light into the dark, the darkness of this world. Uh, and, and that's not happening today. So how are, what are some ways that the church can fundamentally make a difference, uh, in today's day and age? when there's so little light left at this yeah. moment well, in time? That's, that's a good question. So the, the thing you have to first do is define the church. What What is the church? Well, 
Church is the Greek word ekklesia. Ekklesia is rooted in ancient Greece. The ecclesia, the first church, the first ecclesia was the governing body of Athens. And so it was a group of city elders that would gather together uh, to listen to a person proclaim what was taking place within the city. And that governing body would make decisions uh, that would impact the rest of the citizens in Athens. That's what the the original ecclesia. Jesus chooses that word for a reason, because the ecclesia, his church, is a governing body. Jesus said, I give you uh, the keys to the kingdom. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth, it'll be loosed in heaven. So there is spiritual authority handed to the ecclesia, the governing body here on earth for the kingdom of God. Therefore, we have to recognize, one, we've been given authority. And so those who have been given authority also have a responsibility to manage and to steward what belongs to God. So this does not belong to us. This is not ours to possess. It's ours to manage. It's ours to steward. And we'll give an account for how we steward and how we manage. Therefore, we have to operate in the authority that we have been given. So therefore, prayer. Uh, I don't think people understand the power in prayer. We begin with prayer. Dr. Billy Graham said that in order for America to get back on its feet, the people of God have to first get down on their knees. That's first step, because when we go to the Lord in prayer, not only does God hear us, but God communicates to us. He gives us uh, creative solutions, innovative ideas to solve the problems that we face. God's not, and you know this, and your audience knows this, God's not going to wave a magical wand over the country, and boom, all of our problems are solved. That's not how God operates. God uses people to solve problems, just like the enemy uses people to create problems. God wants to use us to solve the problems. And so what has he given us? What tools has he given us? He's given us all what I call three T's, our time, our talents, and our treasure. Each of us have been given time, we've been given talents, and we've been given treasure. They are God's to give. They are ours to manage. We get to manage our time. We get to manage our talents and we get to manage our treasure. And we'll give an account for how we steward those three T's. Therefore, I would encourage everybody with their time, make sure you spend some time in prayer. Make sure you spend some time in prayer with your talents, whatever it is God has gifted you with. For example, Alex, you're a great communicator. So you're using your talents. Uh, to communicate truth via the platform of podcasting. You're using your talents well. You're stewarding what the Lord has given you. Well, not everybody is a great communicator and an effective communicator, and that's fine. But people are gifted in different areas. Use your gift and then treasure. You know, every dollar we spend uh, is a bullet in the war that we're in right now. We've got to stop funding deep state companies that hate this country. We have to stop doing it. We've got to start funding America First companies like MyPillow. Uh, MyPillow is an America First company. Therefore, if you're going to buy pillows or sheets or bath towels or whatever the case may be, don't go to Macy's. Macy's hates this country. Go to MyPillow.com. Use the promo code Stonewall and you'll save 66% at checkout. Support America First companies. So time, talent, treasure. Uh, that's how we really begin to move the needle in this war. You know, that, that's so powerful. And I'm glad you mentioned The Believer's Authority. That's a book that I've, I've read many times by Kenneth Hagan. And, and I actually just gave it to my basketball coach at my, at my college, and, and he's excited to read it. Uh, and he was pointing out to me how he loved how, how uh, 
Kenneth Hagin was uh, talking about how we are risen with Christ, that we that we have authority over the enemy because we have not we're not we're not dead with Christ. We have been made to rise right. with Christ at his uh, right hand. And so that's powerful. Uh, but you were talking about prayer um, and, and we need to spend time in prayer. Revival isn't going to happen in America if we if we don't start to pray. I'm reminded of a friend of mine. His name is Dr. Malachi O'Brien. Uh, you, you may know him. He's good friends with Pastor Greg Locke, uh, and he's spoken at the deliverance conference that Pastor Locke did a few months ago. Uh, but his whole message was on prayer. And he said this, when was the last time that you stayed up all night to pray just because you loved God? And that convicted me so hard. I've never done that. I, I, I've never done that. Uh, and so, you know, prayer is so important. Start praying the prayers of Ephesians 1 uh, that, that, that Paul gives to the church at Ephesus. Pray the prayer that's in Ephesians 3 that Paul gives to Ephesus. Prayer is important and prayer works and prayer changes things. Uh, so pray. Uh, Pastor, thank you so much for coming on my show. Uh, it's been an honor to have you. It's, been, it's an honor to be your friend and to, to be able to talk with you uh, and see you every few months at the Reawaken America Tour. Uh, it's really fun. Uh, where can people find you? Where can people find your church? And you, do you have any church updates about the tent? That is coming. So it's a great question. So you can go to jacksonlawmeyer.com and they can learn more about me, where they can go to sheridan.church, S H E R I D A N dot church. Uh, we're a church in Tulsa, Oklahoma, getting ready to launch the campus uh, next month in Oklahoma City as well. Uh, but we have been blessed with a 20,000 square foot tent that seats 2,500 people. Right now, we have some property out in South Tulsa that we are developing, working on, and uh, believing that we'll be able to erect that tent right there. And so we're in the process of clearing out the land. And uh, won't that be fun? Tent revival in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I think it'll be a beautiful thing. I think it will be as well. Guys, if you go to MyPillow.com and use promo code STONEWALL, you can get a discount of up to 66% off of your order. I just got the MyPillow 2.0, and it's even better than the 1.0. It is truly amazing. So go to MyPillow.com and use promo code STONEWALL to get a discount of up to 66% off of your order. Pastor, thank you so much for coming on this show. Thank you all for listening. Share this episode with five people because it could change their life. God bless you all, and goodbye. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and my employees and I want to thank each and every one of you for your support by bringing you the MyPillow that started it all. MyPillow's patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs regardless of your sleep position. Because it works, we've sold over 70 million MyPillows, and now I'm bringing it to you for the lowest price ever. For example, you get my standard MyPillow, now only $19.88 with your promo code. Now's the time to get them for your friends, your family, your neighbors, everyone you know. MyPillows make the best gifts ever. In the times we're in, one thing we all need is getting a great night's sleep. So go to MyPillow.com or call that number on your screen now. Use your promo code and you'll get my standard MyPillow for only $19.88. For a more custom fit, my Premium Queen, only $24.98. Or my Premium King, only $29.98. This is a limited time offer, so order now. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We hope you enjoyed You can also check us out at Stonewall's Perspective on Facebook and Instagram to keep up with the latest news. Stay anchored.